Welcome back. You're listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. This is Courtney. And on today's episode, we are talking all things practical health principles in your home. So what that looks like from building a healthy home toolkit to planning for your family. Allie walks us through what she's done for preconception, during pregnancy, and postpartum to set herself up for health. We talk everything from lab testing to supplements that she's taken and different lifestyle practices that she's put into play to give herself the best chance for healing postpartum and for nourishing her children and family. So we have a lot of fun in this conversation. There are so many practical takeaways. Even if you're not a parent, I know that this episode is going to serve you because we talk about things that are relevant to anybody that's trying to build a healthy home environment. So if you're looking for home remedies, things for the common cold or ailment, this episode goes through all of those things. We even have a little bit of fun talking about our kids at the end. We know what it's like to have those picky eaters in the home or children that go to school with their water bottles and they come home with them because they haven't had any water all day long. So if you're that parent and you want to feel like you're not alone, this episode will hopefully give you a laugh and also give you some very practical ways to help your family heal and thrive. All right, let's dive into the episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Ancient Health Podcast. My name is Courtney, and I am here with Allie Hobson. She is not only a friend of mine and a mom of two, she's a functional nutrition therapy practitioner, a co-founder of Root Cause Formulas, and has also created a number of programs for women that are helping them identify the root cause of their disease and their conditions and their symptoms. And we know that that can take so long. Her own personal story has really led her into this space. But what I'm most excited about is really diving into Allie's life because she lives her life in such a way that is inspiring. It is so helpful for people. It's been especially helpful to myself as we've both navigated pregnancies and childbirth in the last several months. And so I'm just so thrilled that she's here with us on the show. I know that her tips and just her story and everything that she's going to bring is going to be so useful. So Allie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Can you kind of take us through how your pregnancy, this most recent pregnancy even has been you know, in the way that your mindset is kind of like the whole package of how you go about setting yourself up for the best health outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting kind of comparing my first pregnancy to my second, I would say that I am very lucky and blessed and grateful that I've had two really amazing pregnancies. I've always felt really, really good. I've had no, you know, complications of any type, which I know is, you know, sometimes very rare in this, but I also think that the way that I handled my second pregnancy, I just became like more of like the mother that I knew I already was in a way, because like you said, there's so much noise. There's so much, I should do this. There's all these things, you know, people sometimes ask like, what are your favorite preconceptions book? Preconception books are like anything I can do to prepare. And while I feel like that is so important from like a nutritional standpoint, I also feel like sometimes it can kind of like put us into the space of worry. Like I should be doing all these things and almost like information overload <laughs> when we have to go back and really kind of like take a deep breath and remember that our bodies were made to do this. Our bodies have been birthing humans since the beginning of time, <laughs> right? There are millions of women ahead of us that have done this. And when we think back to, you know, people were birthing in their homes a lot, they were birthing anywhere, you know, and we, before we had a whole medical system around it, our bodies were able to do this just by simply 
trusting ourselves. <laughs> so I think that was kind of what I took into my second pregnancy more so than the first. Like I said, you know, there is a lot of really important prep work that I, I think that people can do and should be doing and maybe are not always thinking about. You know, three to four months ahead of time is when I recommend my clients, you know, start to think about, okay, where am I at with maybe blood work that I haven't done in a really long time? Or am I taking a prenatal? Should I start to include, you know, maybe a more anti-inflammatory diet? You know, things like that well beyond, you know, by the time you get pregnant, by the time you get pregnant, you're basically like four weeks already, <laughs> you know, and things have already significantly developed. Um, and not to scare people either, because there's so many births that happen that, you know, maybe weren't planned and you're like, oh shoot, I, I maybe would have done something differently. Um, but if we kind of go with this, you know, idea of like, I'm living my healthiest life, then, you know, we're probably okay, but there are certain things, you know, maybe that we can boost ahead of time. Like I said, you know, there's so many different nutrients that need to be elevated during pregnancy, folate, choline, even your mineral status, for example, you know, so many people are deficient in magnesium and oftentimes people kind of make the switch of like coming off of birth control and then all of a sudden wanting to get pregnant, but they don't realize that you've depleted your body of so many different nutrients that your body really needed B vitamins, like I said, magnesium, um, while you're on birth control. And so it really does take some time if you can, if you have that time to build up those stores before you actually become pregnant. So I think first and foremost, kind of just prepping in that way, um, getting on a really good prenatal, having, you know, your diet kind of under control where you're really eating nutrient dense, kind of foundational, ancestral, high fat, lots of protein foods will really kind of set you up for success. And then from there, you know, you can kind of say, what do I need to know about pregnancy? What do I want to know? What is going to be something that I can handle and not stress me out? And I yeah. think everybody handles that completely different. There'll be some people that will completely spiral by listening to a podcast. And then there's some people who will just thrive off of all of the information, but not take it as like Bible. <laughs> so I think it really is very individual and bio-individual in terms of how people kind of want to set themselves up um, to kind of go through that, that you know, next nine months. So I have a question. If somebody, uh, you know, say like you've got Hashimoto's or you have some type of autoimmune. So we know that there's some maybe leaky gut, there's immune dysregulation and you're stressing out thinking like, okay, my body is just not, this isn't, I can't handle pregnancy because I've, I have, you know, known or obvious symptoms and conditions that are not really optimal. In that case, because there are so there are a lot of women that you know that they've got hypothyroidism, they have all these things they've been told that they have, like these different, you know, labels of you know basically deficiencies in the body. Should that inhibit them, or should that create any fear or some type of blockage of saying, okay, nope, I can't pass go until I have this resolved? Or do you feel like no, like you can support your body even if some something like that is ongoing? Um, kind of where, where's your, what's your mindset on that? Yeah. I mean, out of anybody, probably, I think I can really speak to that because that is me. That was me. <laughs> so I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 20,000, 20, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Mom brain, more coffee. I haven't had enough. <laughs> Listen, that makes two of us. Right. But don't worry. We're all, we're drinking reishi coffee. So it's very different. We're not just like caffeinating our brains out of control. But no, so I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. 
my kind of backstory, that is really my backstory of how I got into this, you know, space and nutrition in the first place is because I went off the pill and basically my hormones just did not work. Like my period just did not come back. I didn't know about the Hashimoto's at that point, but I actually just went to my shockingly, my primary care physician who was like, you know, we're just going to run a bunch of labs. We'll kind of see what we see. They happened to run the antibodies for thyroid, which is your TPO antibodies or your TGA antibodies. Um, and they did a full thyroid panel, which is fairly uncommon. Most of the time they're just running TSH, your thyroid stimulating hormone. They're not running all of the T4, free T4, T3, you know, uptake, reverse, all of that, which is really, really important. But she happened to pick up on it. She was like, you have antibodies that are through the roof and your TSH is like a 27. Like that is high. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> for pregnancy, you want your, your TSH throughout pregnancy and preconception to be below 2.5. Um, and then, you know, anywhere from like a one to three range is normal. So 27 is like, she was, she was like, are you okay right now? I was like, what do you mean? I'm fine. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you um, she was like, are you alive? I was like, oh, I'm driving. She's like, okay, you can just pull over. <laughs> you might fall asleep. <laughs> I mean, I've lived a really more or less healthy lifestyle you know, for a good majority of the time. Um, and so it wasn't something and some people are just not as reactive to that. And I was one of those people. So I was like, well, this makes sense. After I started to learn more, decided to go back to school for nutrition. I was like, I will figure this out. I will, because I want kids and that's what's next in, you know, my, my journey. And so once I realized the thyroid component, I was able to support the thyroid and able to, you know, then have my hormones kick in. Um, and then I was able to conceive and have a very, very healthy pregnancy. But along, along that lines and going back to your question is it's very possible. And I don't think any, of course, there may be some caveats to this, but I don't think that, you know, diagnosis is like that or health autoimmune kind of stuff should really scare you or inhibit you from thinking that you are able to have a healthy pregnancy and healthy kids. But I think what it should do instead is it should really empower you to know how to handle it and not ignore it. So this is probably going to be, I don't know, maybe a different thought process out of what most people think of in terms of functional medicine and functional nutrition. But because I knew my thyroid levels, I was monitoring them all the way through preconception, I was taking my temperature, I was doing acupuncture, I was doing chiropractic, everything, but I knew what was going on and I knew my thyroid still needed help. So I don't know how long I had antibodies for. I could have had them. Part of it is genetic. So any autoimmune condition, you know, a lot of times one third of that is a genetic component. And so my aunt has it, my mom has it, my dad has antibodies. So for me, I do think there is a genetic component. Um, I think what triggered it probably was the way that I lived a very fast paced lifestyle with not a lot of sleep, a lot of overexercising was probably my biggest thing, um, in college. Um, and after that, so knowing all these things, my thyroid really needed a little bit more time. And I still think there are a lot of root causes associated with Hashimoto's, which is kind of a whole other topic. Um, but I wanted to make sure that they were stable. So I decided to go on a T4 support. So I could make sure that my thyroid was stable during pregnancy. And I don't think I would have felt comfortable getting pregnant without having that kind of that backup. So I do think, you know, there is a time and a place for support in that way. Um, of course, now I'm backing down, backing down, backing down on my thyroid. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I'll get off of it very soon. 
I think it just empowers you to know how to handle it because I see there's probably two or three things that I think are very, very common when we talk about miscarriages and pregnancies that are not meant to be. And a lot of it is low progesterone and thyroid are two really, really big components to sustaining that. So I think knowing kind of your, the cards you're dealt with and handling it the best you can. So obviously in the meantime, I was all also, you know, changing my diet and eliminating gluten, cutting out dairy. I mean, I've completely overhauled the way that I do everything and that, you know, translate into the non-toxic home component of getting rid of chemicals, getting rid of EMFs in the home as much as you can, all of those things. And so now I have no idea that I even have anything going on at all. And like I said, I had no pregnancy complications. I was able to have the birth that I envisioned to healthy babies. So I think it really is just empowering information to know if you have that stuff going on to work with someone. Probably, um, I've worked with a handful of practitioners, you know, throughout pregnancy, and even doing tests. Like, there's a great like micronutrient panel you could do. SpectraCell has one that we love to run um, before people decide to get pregnant because then you're looking at everything from a very, very, um, you know, fine lens of, okay, I can see that there's, you know, deficiencies in this nutrient that is very important for brain health. Or if you have, um, genetic components to a, a big factor kind of in, in some autoimmune cases and especially Hashimoto's is MTHFR genetic mutation. So if you know that you have those, you need to be taking folate, the methylated version of certain things. And so having the most information that you possibly can going into a pregnancy should really just be like, ah, oh, this is, this feels so great that I actually know what I'm getting myself into. And you're not kind of like surprised by any information because that's how you really are able to navigate, you know, a really beautiful, a beautiful pregnancy that way. Yeah. So you think, you know, doing like a full thyroid panel, um, that's obviously something that was really relevant to you because it was, that was something you had struggled with, you know, years prior and something that you were actively supporting your body in, but for just the average woman, it's like, you know, thinking about getting pregnant, I'm not really sure. Maybe I do have hypothyroidism. Maybe I've got some autoimmune, you know, activity going on. Maybe I've got other things that I'm unaware of because a lot of us just live with symptoms and we just assume that they're normal. But when in you know, fact, we may have a micronutrient deficiency. So are there kind of like a bullet point list for you where you would be like, Hey, if you were wanting to do this just to understand your own body, right? Because a lot of times you, the blanket thing is, okay, we'll take a prenatal and everything. Well, that's good. Cause there's a lot of different components to it. However, if you were going to be building a human, you're making another life that takes an incredible toll on your physiology. And you don't want to get to the end of your pregnancy and be completely bottomed out. And now the demand on your body to be there to nourish that child, like it's like it just keeps incrementally getting more stressful for your body. And if you start the second leg of the race of just having the baby and you're depleted, that's where I feel like most people have the issues with you know, postpartum depression and everything else. Cause our body's just like, it's like it, they bottom out, you know, we hit this roller coaster of all these hormones being really high, then everything kind of goes downhill. And then it's like, yeah, the sleep deprivation, you roll it all in. And it's like a recipe for women to just fall into a really dark place. So, you know, yeah. are there things that you would say, this is, would be my recommendation just to get a baseline on preconception? Yeah. I think anybody that's interested in conceiving, I would say, you know, three to four months, start your prenatal. Um, and then while we're doing that, there's always going to be other things that we can add in. So 
I mean, I try not to overload. It's hard to, and you can relate to this. It's like, once you know so much about so many things, you're like, oh, I could easily take like 20 supplements to support yeah. my body for every single thing. But really, you know, you don't want to be taking a surplus of things. You want to narrow it down to what does my body actually need? Because here's the thing. You give your body 5,000 different things. Like, think about what it's doing inside. It's basically like, what, where, where do you want me to prioritize this? Like, how do I even, you're throwing so many things at me that I really just want you to give me what my body needs and nothing else. Start with your prenatal and just leave it with that. Um, and then I like to run a full blood work panel. So everything from a CBC panel, a CMP, um, all of those thyroid markers, including the antibodies, I always run at least once on every client. Um, I don't often rerun it because it's not as common necessarily to have antibodies show up later. However, depending on what root causes we're working on, there are very many, there's a ton of conditions that um, if we're working on something like mold or Lyme or things that are kind of stirring things up, yeah, sure. The immune system, because what is autoimmunity? It's basically an activation of the immune system in the wrong way. So with Hashimoto specifically, it's basically your your own body attacking the thyroid gland. And so we don't want to overstimulate the immune system so much to to where it's going after things. But sometimes when we're going after these deep-rooted things, that happens. So typically I just run it one time. Um, and then, you know, adding things on like inflammatory markers, you know, a lot of times your physician won't necessarily run everything from CRP to homocysteine. I mean, looking at everything from that angle, we're able to kind of see a really clear picture of how's the liver doing. I mean, talk about, you know, how the thyroid works, every single hormone or not every single one, but a lot of hormones basically get conjugated and converted in the liver, um, specifically thyroid. So if your, your liver health is tanked, which is interesting, I actually went back to a lot of my labs pre, um, kind of Hashimoto's and pre basically working on everything. My liver enzymes have always been high and I had no idea, you know, and it wasn't because, I mean, it could be because yeah, college, you know, you kind of do things a little bit differently and, <laughs> you know, maybe it wasn't sleeping as much and going out and having a good time, but not to an excess where my liver enzymes at 20 something should be elevated. Right. So then you have to start to ask the questions like, you know, heavy metals, um, other things like that. But again, once you kind of know these, these things, you have time to work on them. And so I always kind of try and have clients have it in their mindset, like, Hey, let's just like, see what's going on before we have like a hard date of like, I want to conceive in December, you know, or yeah. I really want to conceive in like a month, like, let's get going. It's like, let's just kind of do some baseline work to see where we're at, because there might be a good six months of work ahead of you. In between my first son and my second, I did a entire year of protocols just to work on foundations, to get rid of bacteria, candida. I addressed mold, I addressed parasites. And not to say that that's necessary for everybody, but I think that there is a very huge thing that people are missing in terms of getting your body to a baseline of health when we've just kind of been going, go, go, go for so long. And you think like, well, my body can detox on its own. And while it does, so many people, 99% of people that I see need that extra support of like, Hey, we should really, you know, kind of take a deep dive on this and get your body set up for success. So you can have the best outcomes, especially if you know, there's something, um, even in your genetics or family history. Um, so in addition to a blood work panel, like I said, I really like the spectra cell micronutrient panel, I think is great, um, to kind of look at those kind of minute details. And then, you know, for me, I really ran labs all throughout my pregnancy, especially in the beginning, that first trimester, making sure that my thyroid and progesterone was stable. 
So in some cases, I think it is helpful for people to run additional blood work, um, to look at things through their uh, throughout their first trimester, making sure that TSH is staying under 2.5. Um, iron is a huge one. That iron panel is really important um, in the beginning of pregnancy all throughout. So I think it can be helpful to run some blood work throughout. Um, another thing that in our root cause formula program that Emily Morrow and I run together, we're really, really big proponents of blood sugar tracking. And I think that's something really, really simple that a lot of people could be doing, even in the preconception phase of like, what does my blood sugar look like? You know, how how should I, people ask us all the time, how should I be eating? And our answer is like, well, you know, we want to eat clean and we want to eat nutrient dense foods. But I really think that your diet specific to you might depend on what your blood sugar looks like and how your body handles specific foods. Some people can eat an entire bowl of oatmeal and a banana like my husband and his blood sugar doesn't move. I eat that and my blood sugar is through the roof. (laughs) Um, So tracking your blood sugar and making sure it's kind of well within range, especially because, you know, something like gestational diabetes, I don't think is very, it shouldn't be as common as it is. And I think it's the way that our medical system tests it and diagnoses it is very unfortunate because they basically take one test in your third trimester. Um, and we can talk all about kind of testing and options and things like that. But, um, there are so many ways to kind of balance your blood sugar and get your body and the main functioning organs of your entire system at a very good place just by, you know, some of these simple things. You bring up a couple of good points there. The one that really stands out to me is the fact that just doing some of these baseline tests, not only are you going to figure out what, where is my body land right now? Because, you know, when you decide you're, you're ready to start a family, there's nothing worse than it's just like month after month after month. And it's like not happening. And, you know, the, the anxiety and the fear of like, oh, it's never going to happen. Or there's something wrong with me or my spouse or whatever. And it's like, you, the, the amount of stress that that starts to create. So it's like, if you can do the work up front, know what you're, know what you're actually running, like know what the intention is behind the different labs. Like, instead of just like this slingshot approach of like, okay, well, I'm just going to like fire some stuff away and see where it lands. It's like, we, we know we're tracking certain markers because there's intentionality. There's, there's a level of importance behind that. Like why we need to know that information, because it could indicate that maybe we have some toxicity going on. We could be supporting your liver a little better because at the end of the day, once you're able to support those areas and bring some balance back and restore some energy to different organ systems. Now, all of a sudden your ability, your fertility will improve most likely. And, and the chances of you carrying a healthy pregnancy to term really go up. It's like, now we know exactly how to specifically support your body. So I think it's just important to do that like out of the gate because otherwise like for women, gosh, I just, I like, I hate so much that it's like, okay, well, it's been three months. Now we're going to do Clomid or now we're going to, we're going to try to force your body to do all of these things. When your body's clearly like, we we can't, we're trying to hold all these other things together. We're not ready for that. Um, so I think that that is, that's so important, but you talk about testing options in pregnancy. So specific to glucose, if you've had children at all, or, you know, maybe if you're pregnant now, you may be well aware of like the glucose tests that they do. So, um, you know, you drink like 50 grams of sucralose or I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, like <laughs> fake sugar, Pure sugar with red dye yeah. and a lot of chemicals, which you know, if that's the option you choose, I think that's also okay. It's one time, you know, it's not a huge deal. However, what's not being talked about is that's not the only option. Yeah. 
It's not. And you're right. And I'll let you explain, maybe expound on that a little bit, because there are some other things that you can do. And and your practitioner might actually talk to you about it if you have a midwife or an OB or whoever that is. But there are other options for that test specifically. But the the blood sugar component is really important, especially in the third trimester. So do you want to maybe just give us an idea of like what the other alternatives could be other than just kind of the run of the mill mainstream glucose test? Sure. Um, and it's interesting too, because I know a lot of people in the health space who, you know, have a very healthy, well-balanced diet, mostly consisting of fat and protein that don't consume a lot of sugars like that. You know, I, for one, I think in my first pregnancy, I was actually concerned. I was like, beside the fact that I don't really want to drink that because the ingredients look terrifying. I'm actually really kind of scared. I might fail it because I don't eat like that. (laughs) I don't eat 50 grams of sugar in one sitting ever. And my body is more sensitive or can be, you know? So I was like, shoot, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. And then also have them now tell me that I have gestational diabetes when clearly I know that I do not because I'm tracking my blood sugar at home. So people who kind of eat more of like a low sugar, low carb diet, um, you know, sometimes their body becomes adapted to that. So throwing something in at a high level of 50 grams is really going to throw off your system. Um, which is another reason why I do encourage women to consider your body needs carbs, your hormones need carbs. And so this pregnancy, um, I, you know, eat very differently than I kind of did before. I think I was more in the like afraid space of like having to be perfect with everything. Um, and the second pregnancy, I was more of the abundance mindset versus scarcity. And I ate a lot of healthy, great carbs. It was more vegetable-based carbs. And of course I've had, you know, gluten-free bread and gluten-free muffins and all things like that, but my body was much more carb adapted. And so I think we kind of pinhole ourselves into this like way of our body operating and you should be able to handle high spikes of things in some cases, but I don't think it's the only way to test how how well your body is functioning. So other options for sure would be um, you can ask your provider, depending on who you're seeing, if you can test at home, they will have you test for two weeks using a glucometer, which is what I did for both of my pregnancies. And I truly feel like it ha- it helped me so much know what my body can handle and what my body doesn't do well with. You know, I use the oatmeal example. Another one would be like cassava noodles. I can do cassava noodles with like, a, you know, a handful of protein, a bunch of vegetables, blood sugar's fine. I do just cassava noodles, body not fine. <laughs> like blood sugar escalates because it doesn't have that fat and protein component to help balance your blood sugar. So knowing the way that your body reacts to things will help you cater your diet to maintain healthy blood sugar throughout your pregnancy. And I think it's unfortunate that they only tested it that one time and a lot of people pass, but then they go back to eating a very unbalanced diet where their blood sugar probably is spiking a handful of times and that's not healthy either. There are also companies out there that have come out with different um, ingredients. Like I think there's like a coconut sugar one or like something called the fresh test um, that, you know, is much healthier. I've also heard that the lemon lime flavor of the traditional glucola has less ingredients potentially. So there are definitely options. I think, you know, like I said, the best one to help you long-term and for a lot of different things is to really be testing at home for those two weeks. And I continue testing after that just for fun, you know? Because somebody, some people are more sensitive to blood sugar changes during pregnancy. And so I wanted to make sure the things that I'm eating was going to be the best for me and best for baby. I don't think you need to obsess over it, but, you know, taking your fasting, um, ideally between, you know, 76, 86 below 90 would be like 
kind of the upper limit fasting and then having a one hour test. You would want to be below 120 or some providers say 130. I think from functional standpoint, we would say a below 120 an hour post meal. So they're really, it's really easy. It's, it's kind of like doing a coffee enema or something where it like sounds absolutely terrifying. You're like, no way am I doing that? And you start to do it. You're like, Hey, this is kind of fun. <laughs> so that's something that's so tangible. Like I I've done it to my kids. We made it like a whole thing. I was like, let's just see what everyone's blood sugar is. And yeah. it's, you know, it's a great tool. Like you could get these little CGM, you know, um, not CGM, but, uh, just a glucose test, you know, like off Amazon and just, you know, it's a little quick prick of the finger, but it is a great baseline. Again, like a home diagnostic kind of thing where you're able to see like, what's my body doing right now? How am I responding to the current, you know, whatever it is that you're eating, just the environment you're in. Cause high stress too. I mean, you'll see your blood sugar, you know, if you start fasting too long and your body is like super stressed out, you're pumping out tons of cortisol, all this stuff. Like you'll see a higher baseline of fasted glucose. Like I did that too much. And I saw my body, like I was at like one Oh five fasted every morning. I'm like, how is that possible? And, but it was because like, I was underrested. I was exercising too much. I wasn't getting enough glucose in my system. And so then my baseline just started creeping up and up and up. And I'm like, this is very counterproductive for what I'm looking to do. So great, great advice and tools there. So, okay. If we kind of fast forward through pregnancy, I really want to hone in on kind of how you supported yourself. Like we've done some shows and we've talked about supporting baby. And I think we'll, we'll kind of get to that, but I think it's really important. Like, how did you prepare for post-birth really to support yourself nutritionally? What did you focus on? Were there any specific nutrients, practices, anything that you felt like, you know, especially this being your second, cause you kind of were like, okay, now I know what's coming. Now I've done it once before. Here's what I know my body is going to need post-birth. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. You kind of are like, oh, I know what to expect. And then you're like, oh, I know what to expect. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but it's, it's empowering. Again, information should always be empowering and not fear causing. Um, so last time I felt like I remember going into kind of the state, it was probably like two weeks postpartum. My husband had already gone back to work. Um, I didn't, do any type of like meal train. I didn't have people brought us food once in a while, but it wasn't like set up or planned. And I literally was like, I I started physically shaking because I just hadn't had time to eat. I was like pumping around the clock, trying to figure out breastfeeding. That was a whole stressful journey my first time. And I could just tell my body was like actually going into shock because I hadn't even had like a good night's, you know, it's like from the time you depending on how your labor went, which no one's really getting like a great amount of sleep during labor. Right. And then you go right into postpartum. It's like, you're like, Oh wait, I haven't actually slept since like maybe a week before the baby was here, you know? Um, and so this time I decided, okay, I'm going to accept help. That is basically my, (laughs) my number one advice is accept help. Um, I had some friends set up a meal train for us that they were going to deliver home-cooked meals, or if it was like takeout, we were going to schedule when they were going to deliver it. And it was so nice to have that kind of security. And then I also decided this time I had a doula during labor for both boys, but this time I also decided to hire a postpartum doula. Um, and basically what she did was she came the week after my birth. Um, we did some yoni steaming, which is, you know, kind of more herbal type of infusions to the vaginal area for you know, healing the body. 
um, healing the uterus. It's very nourishing. And she did massages and then she cooked. And that was the biggest, biggest emphasis I asked her was like, yes, I love massages and all the things are great. But like, I also just really want nourishing food to be available. So she was making things like beef stew and breakfast and um, egg casseroles and really, really kind of like high fat ancestral type foods. She was doing like, um, what were they? these like banana fritters with bone marrow. I mean, she's incredible. I wish everybody could have her. (laughs) She's in San Diego locally. That was the biggest help because I really feel like I was actually eating to replenish my body. And then I also prioritized during this pregnancy and postpartum much more than I did the first time was minerals. I mean, we could talk like an entire episode on minerals, um, but making sure your body is getting enough electrolytes and minerals is so important because think about if you we happened to go to, um, the doctor or like the, what the pediatrician, I guess, like shortly after to make sure baby's okay, blah, blah, blah. And they had a scale there. And I was like, totally just curious. I was like, from how many days after I gave birth to like the four days after how much weight dropped and not from a weight loss perspective, I was doing it. I was truly just seeing like how much fluid does your body lose? And I'm not joking. I think it was like, 10 to 15 pounds were gone from my body, like four days later, five days later or something, which is incredible because it's not like weight, quote unquote, that's lost or fat. It's fluid. You you had a baby with so much fluid. Think of all of the, you know, liquids and everything going on in there and your body loses all of that, you know? And so you give a ton of it to baby too. Um, think about everything that goes into like hair, skin, nails, not only for yourself, but for your baby. So minerals are a huge, huge component of like what is lost. Um, and I don't think there's enough emphasis on how much you need to replenish it. So things like the, um, the Quinton minerals, I love body bio has a great e-light, which was basically like my, you know, water for like my entire laboring experience. Um, but magnesium, potassium, sodium, those are all things that are really, really important. So I prioritize minerals. And I think that truly helped kind of like my recovery. Um, I also was forcing myself this time to rest, which I did not really do. I'm like a very go, go, go person. It's super hard to sit still. I love exercising. I love walking. And this time I was like, no, you need to stay in bed. You need to heal. You need to rest. And I think part of that too is, you know, we have two boys now. Do I want a third? I don't know. I'm not like closing the door, but like this could very well be my last baby. I don't know. And so kind of like cherishing that whole aspect of it, I think really helped me kind of just honor what was going on and honoring kind of like me coming into this new second motherhood phase of my life and really kind of like honoring my body and honoring what it just did. So I think that those three things I would say were probably the biggest changes, which I feel drastically helped my recovery and breast milk production, all of those things. Yeah. Is it true that the, that minerals, like just drinking normal water, like for the average person, is, can be somewhat dehydrating to your cells. Like are most people, whether you're pregnant or not mineral deficient, would you say? A hundred percent. Wow. A lot of times too, because people are cleaning their water or purifying their water. They're doing things like putting a reverse osmosis system in your home, which is very great. It's beneficial. It's helping, you know, eliminate all the toxins and fluoride if it can. Um, things like that, but it's stripping the water of minerals. And so if you have reverse osmosis, which a lot of people do, you have to, have to, have to add back minerals in. And I would just say that even for, I mean, like the Berkey, for example, you know, it's not stripping minerals, but I still add minerals to every single, at least two to three glasses of water 
a day, I think, if you know, when I can remember. And I would say most people are very deficient because I think, you know, basics of minerals, magnesium being one of them, we know that most people are deficient in magnesium. Yeah. It's just, that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you recommend most people, you know, are they adding for, for, to get minerals, to get like the, the ones that you recommended, there are s- several companies like body bios one that has some great minerals. I use the same one. Um, and, and I'm doing kind of a rotation of some different minerals now, mostly because <laughs> breastfeeding, it's like, I feel like a camel. I'm just slugging down water all the time. You hear things like, oh, okay, well, we can add like a pinch of sea salt. You know, what's, what's, what should people be looking for? Cause I think that's useful information for anybody. I think minerals, like you said, we could do a whole episode just on minerals and how important it is. Um, and how they're, they are, they're stripped from everything. They're stripped from the soil. They're stripped from our water. I mean, it's like, no wonder we have cellular dysfunction. We have a lack of minerals and those are the spark plugs of the body. Um, so what, what would yeah. you say like, people would look for in a good mineral supplement or something that they could be adding to their water to help them achieve that optimal hydration balance? The two that I mentioned, I like both of those. And like you said, I also rotate them as well because you have electrolytes and minerals. Um, while they are somewhat similar, they're still a little bit, if you look at the ingredients on the back of, you know, the quinton minerals, for example, um, it's like seawater, <laughs> you know, or the trace mineral company. Um, it's, it's like seawater and the body bio e-light is more specific electrolytes. There's only, you know, a few of those in there. So I think both of those incorporating them would be fantastic. Um, if you can't do something like that or even traveling like on the go, I mean, yeah, I have like a mini red sea salt in my um, diaper bag that I just keep in there. And so adding sea salt, that would be great um, for just anybody Um, doing something like adrenal cocktails. I mean, that's a little bit of a different concoction where you're kind of adding, um, you know, things. Um, I, I, like a, I like an adrenal cocktail that doesn't have the classic orange juice um, for a lot of reasons because of, as we just talked about, blood sugar. And so many people recommend these adrenal-based orange juice things to take right in the morning before food and it's like spiking everyone's blood sugar. Um, but even adding like a little bit of citrus to coconut water to sea salt. I mean, you can kind of make your own. Um, but I think basics, just go with basics. Anybody can do this. And it's helpful for men and women. Men don't drink enough water. I find, (laughs) um, women, the hormones are so much more sensitive, need more than more than a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I think those are, I mean, there's, it's more, it's mostly to like what to not look for is what I will say. Um, there are companies out there that are just throwing a ton of like monk fruit and stevia and all these other things in there to make them flavored. I avoid all of those. Um, stevia gives me a headache. There's a whole conversation we can have about what stevia really does and how it's not so beneficial, but these fake sweetener type things are, are very confusing for the body, confusing in terms of how, your, you know, your liver and your glucose and all that whole system works. So I think eliminate that if you're going to do anything, if you want to add some like maple syrup or honey or something, go for it. But back to basics is, is always the best, best game plan. Yeah, totally agree. A little thing that I kind of landed on just from, like you said, a lot of the similar stuff kind of wanted to support my adrenals because we're very similar and I'm kind of like a full throttle person. So yeah. RIP to the adrenals, <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to help them out. But one thing that can be super simple is I, I started just mixing and I, I still do this. I did this my whole pregnancy. I do it. I've been doing it for probably like 
a year and a half straight now, but I will do, you know, filtered water. And then I'll do, um, some coconut water, just like organic coconut water, no added sugar, none of that stuff. I'll try to get fresh coconuts, like young coconuts if I can, but sometimes like, it's just not practical. So get, you know, just regular coconut water and then add the Redmond's real, add a little bit of Redmond's real salt to that. Um, and then you can also take some whole food form of vitamin C. So you could do some camu camu or acerola cherry, but those are great. So you're getting the vitamin C, you're getting the potassium and you're getting the minerals from the sea salt, um, in the water. And it's like very hydrating. It, it like, it's a little bit sweet from the coconut, but it just, to me, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm getting the best of everything without like all the added sugar and without having to spend a fortune. Like those things are very accessible, salt, yeah. coconut water, and just filtered water, put all of those together, get the ratios you want. You know, if you need it a little sweeter, add a little more coconut water. But anyway, that was like a total yeah. caveat there. No, but- and I mean, that's a great, like even simple recipe for sending with your kids to soccer practice, or, you know, if they'll drink stuff like that. I mean, that's so amazing to kind of just help nourish their body. I mean, talk about people not getting enough water. I mean, I don't, I don't remember drinking water at all when I was a kid. Like I asked my mom, I was like, did you give us any, or was it like just the non-fat milk for you? kids not drinking water. My, my kids' water bottles come home completely full every day. I'm like, did you fill this again at school? They were right. like, no. I'm like, so you haven't had like a drop of water since I saw you this morning, yeah. eight hours ago. They're like, right. no, I know it's shocking. So making, I mean, even making them into like, I mean, I have a very, very picky toddler. So, you know, other moms can relate, but I think for a good majority of kids, they would love something like that or make them into popsicles over this, you know, during the summer. Like there's so many different great kid hacks and things you can do that are just simple and back to basics with real whole food ingredients. Yeah. This is a great segue because I feel like you are so good at this and you do a great job of sharing it, like remembering to share these things because (laughs) you have all of these mom hacks and tips. And I'm like, ah, how did I not think of that? Because not only is it making our lives easier as parents, but you're also now helping your children by replacing a different option. That's probably much unhealthier with something that is going to actually help their bodies and not be just you know, just giving them all the toxins and all the garbage that's out there. So what are some ideas for the families that are trying to improve the health of their kids in their home that just, you know, there's just so much, you know, and you can only tackle one thing at a time. If you had to rank them and say, this should be number one for everybody. And then maybe two and three of like the top three things that you could do to make your home a healthier environment for your family. Oh, that's a good question. I'm just trying to decide how I rank them and, and only three, but I'll give like some, we can do I'll, a I'll do my best. Figured, like, I know, right? You can do three things so that they're not yeah. like, oh gosh. Right. Well, I think to start out, because we've been talking about water, I think the cleanliness of your water is very, very important. Making sure that, you know, and, and talking to your kids in a way that like, is not, you can't do this. You, you shouldn't do this and scaring them. But like, I mean, we should be letting them know to not drink out of the tap water, right? (laughs) Like I also, as a kid drank so much tap water and maybe it was just something that like no one really knew as much about. I don't know, but I just like specifically remember drinking tap water, but making sure, you know, we're giving our kids clean water. If you can filter it great. Um, I mean, I'm still a huge fan. I know there's been some controversy with the Berkey saga, but I still love my Berkey. I think that is a very, very good affordable option for a lot of people to clean your water. Um, you can add the charcoal filters in there. You can add the fluoride filters in there. 
Um, so that's the only water that I try and give, you know, my son and, um, translating that into thinking, okay, if, if tap water is where some of these toxins and things live, what about baths? He takes a bath every single night. And that is a very common routine for kids. So getting a bath filter, they have them on Amazon. Um, we have a shower filter as well. And so kind of, you know, cleaning up just the home things that you probably wouldn't think about. I think another one that we talked about kind of off the, off the recording was EMFs. I mean, EMFs are huge in the home and how many devices do we have plugged in everywhere? I mean, talk about like baby monitors and they're just, it's coming out of everywhere. And so if you can kind of try and mitigate the EMF situation in your home, I think that's also very helpful. You can get um, a very cheap little plugin that basically turns off your power at night. And so turning off your internet at night is hugely helpful. Um, You can also just manually switch it off. But that was something that I started to do probably in the past year or two, um, just learning more about how this impacts our kids and ourselves and our sleep, you know, EMFs have like a very negative association with melatonin, pushing that down. And so just getting quality sleep um, is obviously a very pillar, important pillar of health for, for anybody, especially kids. Um, you can even buy little magnets. I have um, an EMF blocking machine. Um, the one I have is from Brim Hall Wellness and it's called the Total Shield. Um, so that actually emits kind of this force that combats the EMFs in the home over like 20,000 square feet. I have little magnets underneath. I have one here that just sits on my computer and I have these under the cribs of my boys and I have them under our mattress. Um, I have like a blue block through I guess they re changed their name bond charge or something now. Um, but like a laptop situation that helps with the EMFs, blue light blocking glasses. I mean, that's kind of for, for everybody, but I think EMFs in the home is a very big component to a non-toxic living situation. And then sneaking in nutrients where you can, I mean, making healthy swaps. I think we're fortunate now to live in a world where there are so many great companies thinking about this, you know, like I I would say, and kind of hats off to like Serenity Kids. I mean, they are a very, very, I don't want to even say they're up and coming anymore. I think they've like made it. They're in Sprouts, they're in everywhere, but they created pouches for kids that are grass-fed beef, um, wild-caught salmon, organic vegetables using avocado oil, olive oil. um, And those are pouches for kids, easy to send as snacks or even like, you know, swaps like Siete brand using healthier oils. And I think the oils is a big thing. Um, And it's hard to avoid in packaged foods. So, you know, it's, it's kind of this fine balance of like, kids are going to be kids and they're going to want what they want. Like I said, my, my kid is so incredibly picky. I've basically found a clean version of everything he wants (laughs) that is like kid food. Um, But if you can sneak in even, you know, capsules, there's, so many different, I mean, little kid supports and even using like essential oils with kids and things like that, um, making really healthy food swaps, trying to avoid those, those oils. I would say those are probably my, yeah, my top three is the yeah. water EMFs and then, you know, what you're feeding your kids and how to swap. I mean, it, at his school, my son just started preschool and they were like, is it okay if he has all these snacks where we're featuring fruit loops? And, um, I think we have graham crackers and we kind of give the, I was like, can I also just send him with a snack? He was like, oh yeah, for sure. Most parents just don't want to deal with it. And I was like, don't want to deal with it. My goodness. Like I have a full lunch pack for him every day and he's done at 1130, but I'm just like, I want him to have healthier options. And I think the more that we can kind of instill that in the get-go, 
you know, then they're going to learn to hopefully kind of eat that way in the future. Not to say he can't have like a cupcake or whatever. He won't touch it <laughs> because he's so picky, which I'm like, that's dodgeable <laughs> there. But, you know, it's important for kids to be kids too. So it's really about how to make healthier swaps as we go and kind of just teach them, hey, this also tastes just as good. Will you try it? You know, things like that. Yeah. I, the, the balance aspect is just, you gotta, you have to live. We're all living in the same world. I mean, one, it's toxic Two, You're just not going to be able to keep your kids from putting their hands in, you know, the, the candy pot at school. Like it's, you know, they, the desk fairy comes to my, my daughter's class every Friday. I was like, what is it? She's like, it's the desk fairy and yeah. the desk fairy brings treats like Tootsie Rolls and lifesavers and like all the stuff. And I'm just like, oh, oh gosh. But you know what? Honestly, like I pack all their meals. Like I just tell them like, we don't do hot lunch right now. Cause to me, like the hot lunch options are not, they're not choices of food that, you know, I think is going to help their bodies feel their best. But you know what, if they're going to have like a, you know, a little piece of chocolate or whatever, it's like, that's enough for them because they're not getting it all the time and craving it all the time. Um, and so I think that's so important. And, and I think, you know, like the lifestyle practices too, of just teaching them is so important. Is there something that you guys do as a family that you feel like it's something that you're intentional about? just because it's something that you want for the boys to really grab onto and feel like this is what we do. Like, is there anything, I mean, your kids are young still, so maybe <laughs> survive. Yeah. Like, I know like, I'm like, he's three and a half. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it sounds silly, but just like washing his hands after he gets home from school. Like I am not a germaphobe at all. I'm like the more germs, the more dirt. He puts his hands in his mouth all day long. You know, he's around the baby. It's whatever, you know, we haven't really even gotten sick. Um, because I think that he's out doing so much all the time, but like, that's just one thing that I'm like, you know, wash your hands when we come in from school and, you know, we take our vitamins together. You know, I take my supplements at the same time that I give him his, um, even if it's just in some, in so, so many days he doesn't want them, but even like the Mary Ruth gummies, you know, something like a multivitamin, I think those are decent ones. I would love to be the mom that is going to make them as out of you know, beef gelatin and pour all the stuff into myself. Maybe when the baby is not needing my body every second, I'll get to that point, <laughs> but yeah. taking our supplements together. Yeah. I mean, I, I am not a routine type of person or schedule as much type of person. So I think that's kind of just my, my personality, but also I think it's my son's too. And he's also um, a rebel. And if you tell him to do something, he doesn't want to do it much as I am the same way. If you tell me to do something, I'm kind of going to be like, hmm, but do I, (laughs) you know? So I don't know if you're familiar with Gretchen Rubin, the four tendencies. No, I feel like you're probably a rebel too. Um, Yeah. yeah, Gretchen Rubin, she has a a quiz you can take online. She has this whole book, but it's the four tendencies. You're either um, a rebel, an upholder, an obliger, or a questioner. And I am a rebel and a questioner, a hundred percent. Like you tell me to do something, I'm going to ask you a thousand questions about it. And then I might decide that I don't want to do that. (laughs) If you're like an obliger or an upholder, you're much more likely to do something because that, you know, you want to uphold that person's trust or you want to oblige that person because you know, it makes them happy. Um, Which makes it sound like I'm saying out loud, like that I don't do those things. I do like to make people happy. I promise. (laughs) But I can see, I can see a lot of that personality in my son too. So it's kind of like a lot of me is is following his lead and then kind of integrating things here and there. You know, 
Yeah. That's so funny. What, what supplements other than like a multivitamin, what, what, what supplements, um, are you guys doing like kids stuff? Kids stuff. Um, I kind of go in waves of things. Like I do immune support if, um, you know, like our babies that are called out sick and we were with her yesterday. So I'll give them some, you know, other immune stuff. I really like, there's a berry well powder. It's got elderberry and, um, some really good kind of herbs in it. I think it's by vital vital kids or something that's called Berry well immune. Um, I do a lot of homeopathy mostly for like acute things and stuff, but I mean, my son is broken. He's three and a half and he's broken two bones. He's broken his collarbone and his shin had a fracture like a few months ago. So Arnica is a huge one that I will do at the onset of any type of like accidents or pain, swelling, things like that. Basics. Let's see. I do really love um, using kind of, as we talked about reishi coffee, I love doing kind of like some medicinal type mushroom powder kind of stuff and sprinkling that on things like reishi for immune support. Sometimes if he'll take it, what else? Elderberry syrup. I love, I pour that in his little packets. Sometimes he doesn't notice it or I mix it in with applesauce. What do you do for, what do you do if, if you've got like a cut scrape, any, any type of like mm-hmm. accident where, you know, you'd be tending to a wound of like some sort, obviously not anything that's like putting you in the hospital with stitches, but right. something you could do from home, but it's like not Neosporin. Cause that's, I feel like that's always the go-to for most people is like the yellow tube of yeah. Neosporin. Um, there's two things that I use. Wise Women Herbals has a really good kind of like everything salve um, that I kind of use as a replacement. I think it's got like chamomile and some other things in it. That's a really good one for like cuts and things like that. I also really love using um, the Pure 03 Ozone stuff. Um, they basically, you know, make like skincare lines with olive oil infused avocado oil, all these different things with ozone and ozone is super antiviral, antibacterial. Um, so anything that's like a, you know, skin related or rash or something like that. I love using that pure O3 olive ozone, ozonated olive oil. Um, I keep that on hand. Um, I make a lot of really good blends, you know, with essential oils and things. I've made one for bruising because I forget what I, Oh, he just like fell into a like slide. <laughs> like really <laughs> like a massive um, bruise on his cheek. So I made, it was like frankincense and Roman chamomile, lavender, you know, used fractionated coconut oil and put it in a roller ball. They actually do also make, um, I forget what the brand is. It might be like Alba Botanicals or something, but they make a non-petroleum gel, like you said, Neosporin kind of, um, which I think, you know, all that stuff is good to have on hand. I'm a really, really big fan of building a medicine kit quote unquote medicine kit for your kids and making sure that you have everything. Like I often find that like, Oh shoot, this expired and I didn't even use it. But the point is, is to have it on hand, you know, like I have one of everything in that kit for kids, whether I need it or not, like garlic mullein oil for ear infections. And, you know, there's, um, Gaia herbs makes a lot of really good blends, like a tummy tonic and, all the homeopathy, kind of the Voiron ones for acute things, you know, like for fevers and stuff like that, cold socks, just knowing enough about that, I think is really empowering as a mom to where you're like, okay, if something happens, I know what to do more or less. And I'm prepared other than just like, oh my gosh, I have to go to my pediatrician, which is what a lot of people do. And, you know, some of these things could be avoided and antibiotics, of course, are important when needed, but I think that they are very, very, very overdiagnosed. And it's kind of, you know, our healthcare system is based on symptom, treat, symptom, treat, not symptom, prevent or prevent no symptom. (laughs) Um, And that's our job as moms. Yeah. 
this, this is so important because this is the stuff that's like so practical on just an everyday level. If you have people that you are <laughs> responsible for under your roof, it is not a matter of if it is a matter of when the colds and the viruses and the bumps and the scrapes and the hives and all the different things happen. And so the problem is that if we're not prepared beforehand, then the only alternative usually is to either drive by a pharmacy, like a CVS and grab something on the shelf or call your pediatrician and, you know, hurry up and get your child in, in which case you're pretty much going to get a prescription. And, you know, and, and so you're not, it's like, you're, it's too late to try and start doing all the research and then find the products you need and then make sure you get them. So learning this stuff ahead of time, and then kind of preparing that arsenal of the different tools that, that you can have, like even, um, uh, having things like a nebulizer. Like I didn't even think about, um, I just, the only thing I ever remembered was like my sister, my younger sister had like asthma when she was younger. And so she always had this nebulizer and we'd always put the albuterol in and all the stuff. And so she'd always be breathing it. And it was mostly because we had all these animals because I like love horses and all the stuff. She was allergic to all the animal hair. So bless her heart because she just, she was like always hooked up to the nebulizer, but I didn't realize until like probably a year or two ago that you can get your own like nebulizing machine and you can nebulize stuff that's, you know, not just the steroid, the albuterol. Um, and it can actually help the respiratory system in the lungs. And I'm like, this is all stuff. Like, why didn't I have this before? Do you guys use that at all? Like, do you use a nebulizer? I haven't had to use one. I use a humidifier or I've had to use a humidifier a few different times, but yeah, I've not, we've been really knock on one pretty lucky, but I mean, I think a lot of that is too, is the way we live our life. You know, we don't, we haven't had like a lot of really scary situations where we've needed a lot of that stuff. Um, but I have it, I have it on hand and I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Have you ever used, this is, this is literally like my mom brain, just like wanting to ask you all the questions. So I hope this is helpful. <laughs> no, I love it. There. But, and I promise we'll wrap this up here in a second, but like colloidal silver, do you use colloidal silver? I know there's colloidal silver, uh, like ointments and things like that. You can actually use on like scrapes and wounds of, of some yeah. sort. Do you ever use that for immune support or what, what, what capacities do you use that? Um, I really have used it more so for sore throats. Um, because I feel like the sore throat is a hard one. I mean, there's wise woman herbal does have an also a sore throat kind of spray that I like with a bunch of herbs in it, but I think colloidal silver for as a throat spray is huge, especially, you know, cause gosh, when you talk about like sinuses and everything, clearing up that kind of like viral stuff going on. Um, I think that's really, really helpful, but you can nebulize it too, right? You can put like the Argentine 23, um, into a nebulizer. You can use it topical. Um, so I do have that on hand as well, but I have mostly kind of for myself and even for my son used like the throat spray, which I really okay. like. I think it's really effective. Yeah. I don't think I have the throat spray. I think I just have like the liquid tincture and then I have the, the, uh, ointment that you can put on like just topically. Uh, and I love those and we haven't nebulized it yet either. Um, there's so many things, even like neti pots. Like I'm sitting here just thinking about like yeah. all this stuff, like, like if you have sinus infections, like, you know, and you just, or, you know, especially in spring or fall, you know, when the weather is changing and the barometric pressure is different. So all of a sudden now you have a lot of dryness and, or maybe you're exposed to more mold, that bacteria gets up in the sinus cavities, like flushing it out with a neti pot. Like the neti pot has saved me and my husband so many times because we'll wake up with like splitting headaches. And I'm just like one neti pot rinse and you just add like the salts in. And I'll even add like a couple drops of biocidin, just some like antimicrobials to kind of bust up any bacteria. And it's like, 
instant relief. That, and I think the X clear spray is probably like the two things that I always have on hand. The X clear one, they have one that is, I think it has like oregano in it. So it burns pretty good, but it's like, you know, it's killing stuff, <laughs> it's bacteria, <laughs> viral stuff. But I even like, you know, if I'm traveling, um, cause anything you think about everything, like you said, you're breathing it in, whether it's you're on a plane or mold or anything exposure, it's getting into those sinus cavities. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know how easy it is to spray up a kid's nose. It's probably possible. Um, I've used more on myself than my son, but, um, it's safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding says, says the company itself, not me. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good, easy one that I love. It has grapefruit seed extract and it is kind of the main component there. Oh, that's great. This is, there's going to be so many show notes on this because we're going to link all this because, um, you know, if you're out walking or driving and you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, I'm never going to, I don't want to have to go back and re-listen like, you know, pause. I I can help. (laughs) So I'll, I'll make sure that we put all of these different names and and links and stuff in the show notes so that you can just access it. Um, but yeah, this is such a cool conversation because like I said, I know that just as a parent, like I'm always looking for ways and not just for kids, like just for myself. Like I don't, I don't, I do not want to have to rely on somebody else to constantly be feeding me what they think that my body needs. When most of the time I if I can figure out how to support myself, like at the immediate onset of a symptom, it's like, you know, okay, here's what I can do. And then you've now probably taken the edge off of the symptoms as they manifest in the future, if it's like a virus or whatever it might be. But, you know, now like you're not, you're not having to worry about, I don't know what's going on. Can somebody help me? It's like, no, I can, I know that my immune system needs support or, you know, I know that I need to start paying attention to the toxicity or whatever it is around me that might be making me feel the way that I feel. So this is a really fun, super practical conversation. I guess that would be like another one that I didn't put into my three categories, but like aside from the water EMFs and food stuff, I mean, filtering the air in the home, I feel like is so important to just kind of talking about everything, but having a good air filter in the nursery, you know, depending on how big you want a system. I mean, they have all different types that kind of cover different square footages, but we have, um, the baby in our bedroom and I've always had air purifiers in the nursery, even in the kid's room. And then I was like, Oh wait, but the baby's not sleeping in his room yet. He's sleeping in our bed (laughs) and we don't have a filter in our room. So, okay, we got to add that, but yeah, having, you know, air filtration in the home, especially depending on where you live, um, you know, certain areas are much more impacted than others, but I think it's really important to kind of have that, that clean air quality just from the get-go. And these are basic foundation things that again, are kind of like setting you up to not have issues or, you know, not have sick kids all the time, you know, just because kids go to school and are around other kids shouldn't be a hall pass for them being sick every other week. You know, I think that's something that people are used to. And that's what everyone told me. They were like, Oh, get ready. You're sending him to school. I'm like, he's been, you know, totally fine, actually, you know, and if there has been something that he's had like a little bit of a thing, that's what I love homeopathy for, because that's really the kind of type of, I don't want to call it, I guess it's medicine. Sure. You could call it medicine that, you know, works on that, like pre, pre, pre symptom things before it turns into something, like you said, just having your arsenal of, of stuff available to you before it becomes a problem. It's really preventative medicine should be the model of care that everybody is prescribing to not, Hey, we have this now. What do we do about it? Should be the opposite. For sure. What's really quick for everybody. What 
in, in terms of air purifiers, because, you know, you could get like the Dyson in Target or, you know, you could go and, and get something like an Austin Air or an Air Doctor or something else. Like, what's the spectrum of difference? What What is it that you look for? Because there's different chemical contaminants, there's mold, you know, stuff. There's all kinds of things. And, and I feel like there's a big spectrum of air purifiers. So just for the sake yeah. of purifying, like what's important, like what is, what is it that you look for in a hair, air purifier that you feel confident that your air is now being purified to a degree that meets your expectations? Well, in practical application, the one that I decided, so I did a ton of research on this, of course, looking at all those ones you just mentioned um, and kind of asked other practitioners too, like, hey, what do you use? What have you done? Because I could do all the research all day, but I love hearing from what other people have experienced and what research they have done. So the two that I kind of landed on that I feel like I felt comfortable with in terms of the cleanability, what it filtered out, the HEPA filters, everything like that was the Austin Air. That's one is the the bedroom filter, I think is a really good one. Um, although it's just very, very, very expensive. So that's the thing when it comes to all of this and why I feel like people become like overwhelmed and kind of start to shut down is like, well, gosh, there's so many things that I should do. So I just, I can't do any of them. So I'm just not going to do it, you know? And it's like, okay, let's figure out how you can afford something and make it work. So for me at that time, I was like, baby was coming. I did not necessarily feel like I wanted to spend like $900 on the Austin Air. <laughs> so I went with the Air Doctor, um, which is a little bit less expensive. But, you know, I honestly, I feel like a lot of them use a lot of the same technology. It's kind of a lot about marketing, things like that. I feel really comfortable with how great the Air Doctor works. But then, like I said, in practical application, like I take a shower and it automatically after the shower is done. And I'm not using like toxic chemicals in our shower, of course, but I'm using, you know, whatever my shampoo is and soap and things like that. I get out of the shower and it immediately is like red and it's like cleaning out everything. And so I was like, okay, well, it's doing something. <laughs> you know? ah. So actually I can see when it turns on, it has either like, you know, the yellow, the red for like the most active filtration um, setting. So I can see it working. Um, and you know, I've read a lot of the studies and things like that. So I really think the air doctor is a really great option and kind of one of those middle ground affordable things. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, the EMF, when I talked about the, the brim hall wellness total shield is a really much more affordable option than something like the Soma Vedic, which tends to be extremely pricey just because yeah. it's the most expensive on the market. Doesn't always mean it's going to be the best. And that goes for supplements anything in the holistic space. So I think it's kind of doing your research, looking at the, um, any studies you can talking to other people and then seeing how, how well it works for you. You know, that's the other thing, something that might work well for somebody else might not work for someone. I think that's great. It's funny. Cause I, we actually have both the Austin air and, uh, we just got our first air doctor, which side note, make sure you check the size that you get because when I ordered it, oh my gosh, it's so much bigger than I thought. <laughs> Is it the 5,000 one? It's, it, it, it must be because when this thing showed up, I was like, where in the world are we putting this thing? And granted, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a turbine jet engine, like, cause I'm like, whoa, yeah. do we change the air pressure in the house? <laughs> no, no, it's, but it, it, it honestly, it's great. And the, the Austin air ones are, are, are good too. We had those from several years ago and listen, you know what? It's, you're right. They're an investment. And yeah. This is why you will see me in Target clothes at 37 years old because I'll spend all my money on like air purifiers. Exactly. So, my husband's like, when was the last time you like bought an outfit or like a bag or shoes? I'm like, a bag. 
a bag as in like a diaper bag or like what are you referring to? <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> me spending money on like things that are like, I don't know, maybe what some people consider normal is like not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So moral of the story, we will not be posting the OOTD over here, but uh, no. Although I have to say you had the cutest maternity clothes. I was like, gosh, I look really like rough. I, I can't even donate my maternity clothes because I only had like three things I wore at the end and they should just go to a burn pile. Because like, yeah. So the beyond yoga pants that we both had. Yes. Those will never be worn ever again by anybody because no. I literally wore them every day. Yeah, every day. You were the one that I saw you posted about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get these. And then from that point on, I wore nothing else except on yoga pants. So yeah, anyway. I know. <laughs> I definitely like always wanted to be. I mean, thank you for saying that I looked cute. I didn't always feel cute, but I, I feel like pregnancy is the time that you really just like embrace like just everything about it. You know, you're like, I'm gaining weight and I'm thriving and my body is like freaking insanely beautiful and so cool. However, I always wanted to be that person that like wore like the bump suit, like the onesie, you know, like the full unitard and like have it look really great. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know me in person, which most of you do not, I'm five feet tall. So it just like didn't work. It, like really, I was like, I feel like an Oompa Loompa, like in the best way possible, but like these outfits are not for me. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, you've never looked like an Oompa Loompa the day, a day in your it's life. It's just like the, the right. ratio, you yeah. know, the ratio of shortness to wideness was really something special towards the end. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is, it's a whole thing. Pregnancy. Wow. Yeah. I, I always thought the same thing too. And then I was just tired and I'm like, what can I put on to clean? Right. But I don't feel like, you know, I'm a stuffed summer sausage in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. That's the vibe right there. I feel like we've yep. landed the ship. So and <laughs> <laughs> <End> scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anybody, if you guys are still with us at this point, man, you guys are the real, <laughs> the real. Yeah. No, this has been so fun. And I don't know that we'll ever have show notes that are probably this extensive because there's so many things we talked about and I hope that they're really useful. I know they're useful for me. This is the stuff that I love talking about because it's like the day-to-day, what do you do? And that's when you need a friend to ask that you trust. And like Allie's been that person for me and she's that person for so many people. So for those that don't know Allie and don't know where to find her, she has a wealth of information on Instagram. Her posts are so informative. I send them to all my other friends and if they need help, I point them directly to her page because it just, it's, it will answer all of your, your home baby and pregnancy questions and health questions, really. I mean, even beyond that, there's so much more. So where can people find you? Instagram, website, all of the different things. So Instagram is at Allie Hobson Wellness. My other two Instagrams that Emily Morrow and I share together are Root Cause Formula and Core Formulas. Um, For more of this kind of information that we've been talking about, definitely go to my Instagram um, for that, my website, my personal website, I was looking at it the other day. I was like, wow, I have not updated this in at least two years. Cool. But that's mostly because I haven't really, I haven't been seeing one-on-one clients. So once Emily and I formed our, uh, root cause formula program together, we really just shifted everything that I'm doing over there. So, um, that is another place to, you know, find information, rootcauseformula.com and our supplements, core formulas, everything kind of that you'll find from me is mostly on my personal Instagram at Allie Hobson wellness. 
So good. And just as a little teaser, we are going to have your partner, Emily. I don't know. if you know. Yeah, She's going to be on the podcast mm-hmm. here um, soon. So super excited to have her. They're like the dynamic duo. So please follow them. Their work is incredible. They've created a course that is so phenomenally designed because it actually helps women not only like test their own stuff to figure out what's going on, but it's teaching them the why behind it so that they understand. I feel like that that's like a total missing component to even like natural health. It's like, okay, well, let me help you. I'm an alternative, you know, practitioner, which is great. There's, there is a lot of teaching there, but this is like a course designed to equip you with the knowledge so that moving forward, you can run these labs and you can interpret them in in a really great way. So, um, incredible stuff you guys are doing. I love your, your formulation of your supplement line. It's incredible. I know it's helping so many people in their healing journey. So Make sure you follow Allie, all that she's doing. Check her out online on her website. Um, And then again, the show notes, guys, they'll be super dense. But if any of this is helping you, send them along to your friends or send them this episode. We'd love to know if this is supporting your health journey. We'd love to know any comments and feedback. So uh, get in touch with us. DM us over at the Health Institute. Dr. Chris Motley wasn't able to join us on this episode. He's my co-host and he always is fun, but you know, we just were rolling here. So we'll have him back on the next episode, but thank you so much for joining us. Any final comments? I don't want to cut you short here. Cause you're just like, no, no, I think that was great. I mean, gosh, yeah, there's so many, so many topics and things that we covered. So if anybody has any questions, like I am an open book and I always laugh at myself because someone will send me a, a direct message on Instagram that I have no idea who they are and I've never talked to them in, la- in my life. And then I'll send them back like a voice memo of like two, three minutes of like an answer. And they're like, whoa, I didn't even think you'd respond. I'm like, no, no, like I want to help you. <laughs> yeah. So I really do try and get back to everybody. And, you know, I'm just at the end of the day, a mom also trying to do her best and, you know, we're all, we're all in it together. So I think the more that we can share this information and kind of empower each other, like that's, that's the end goal is how do we empower, you know, our pregnancies? How do we empower our kids and, you know, just motherhood as, as a whole. So great. So great. Yep. We're here. We're all doing this together. So that's why we're doing it. Yep. (laughs) you get a little bit better along the way. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Allie. We absolutely love you. We may have to do a part two at some point in the future, because I feel like we were just scratching the surface, but thank you guys for listening, for joining us today. And we'll see you on the next episode.